welcome to Will Make a Disney Out of You, the podcast where we take a deep dive into all things Disney and what they mean to us. Each week, we will be reacquainting ourselves with a classic Disney movie and sharing all the Disney info and Easter eggs we can find with you. Hello and welcome to another fabulous week here on We'll Make a Disney Out of You. And here I have got John. How are you, John? Hey, babes. I'm very, very good. Thank you. I've got new eyes. Got new eyes? Actual new, new eyes. eyes. Actual new eyes. Had my eyes lasered. Eyes lasered? Yeah. It's oh, my God. They lied. It was not as advertised. Um, I've had loads of tests. Really? I, I, was having, I was having little glaucoma attacks, and that's not so good. Um, well, it's not so good for anyone, really, but in my line of work where I, where I colour hair, I mm. need to have the eyes to see that. Um so basically, I had to go in for this laser eye surgery, and I've had loads of tests in my eyes, and they said to me in the lead-up to this eye surgery that what you've had already is way worse than the actual eye surgery yourself. It's fine. It's just a little laser. It's, it's really not a problem at all. Lies. Absolute lies. It felt like there was, like, Wreck-It Ralph in each eyeball, and every time the laser went off, he was smacking the back of my eye. Oh. Horrific. Is it my the first time you've ever had it? Yeah. And last. Okay. And, uh, but surely, has it, has, it, has it actually helped? Yes, it has. So basically, glaucoma is um, pressure good. building up inside your eye. Um, so every yeah. evening, um, when it was basically darker, um, that was when this pressure was building up in my eyes. And now it doesn't. So it's instant, which is fantastic. But my Amazing. God, it was hardcore. Anyway, yeah, mended. That's my week. <laughs> well, I've been on half term. It's been glorious. It's been so relaxed and like literally i've done nothing it's have you just slept loads fabulous. yep um i have watched lots of television yeah um i went to theater um, um i went to see um my son's a queer um, oh. i will um segue into that a little bit later maybe um right. uh yeah so i've had a really yeah really nice week I just purposely really? haven't done a lot because I was knackered. You were. You were so, so hard. It's actually terrifying. Like the amount of times we've been trying to speak about the podcast and it's like, you're a teacher. It's meant to be that you finish work at ridiculously early o'clock, which is wonderful. And instead you're getting to like half past eight at night and messaging going, okay, well, I've just walked through the door now. Shall we chat? And it's like, dear God, Tom. Yeah. That's what it's about. So you deserve yeah. this holiday, babe. It was lovely, but I go back tomorrow. Uh, Whereas uh, tomorrow, I don't go back to work. Instead, I go to Lanzarote. Ugh. Ugh. I can't wait. I don't. Don't send me pictures. I will be sending pictures of me waving and drinking cocktails. Literally, you'll probably get the middle finger back. (laughs) I don't care. I'll be in Lanzarote. (laughs) So, anyway. This week, um, we are in our second week of um, our Halloween episodes. So, would you like Wait, to explain? Stop there, Thomas, because I've got yes. to show you. Oh, really? Before we go any further, because I've been doing something this week and trying to sort something out, which I thought would be quite fun. And I've got a little Ooh. prototype to show you, which we can put on the social media. But here I am drinking my uh, Mark with Spray tea that was beautifully given to me by our wonderful artist tonight of the Monkey Martin. Oh, what's this I'm drinking it out of? Oh, it's a Will Make a Disney out of you mug. 
Yeah, that's yeah. very exciting. <laughs> Soon to be available for a rep- uh, retail price, nine ninety nine. Made that bit up. Um, I know, it's cool, isn't it? I'm so fucking happy. With I love it. it. Although weird, color needs to be tweaked. I love it. A little bit weird, but I love it. Oh, a bit light. A bit of merch, babes. I have never been on a mug. I'm so excited. I've been on a tea. Have you? Yeah, we. I work in a school. You know when they make those like fundraising tea towels with like pictures of all the kids (laughs) and. Did you do one of you? I we all had to do like well the kids drew a picture of me that ended up on the tea towel. Oh my god! I love that. Have you still? And I'm on a coaster as well. So I've got, like, a picture of me on a coaster that a child did. Oh, my um, God, that's brilliant. So, yeah. Okay, well, we'll have to get a picture of that as well. But, yes, guys, we have a mug. Very one exciting. The only very, very exciting. Only one of its kind. Yeah, only one of its kind, which means it's very, it's worth a lot of money. Obviously. Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. To um, about, no, down to like, people. Yeah, I know. Exactly. Just us. Um, but yeah, it was um, Liam's lovely colleague, Chris, um, who made it for me. So thank you, Chris, for a star. I love it. And we're going to tweak the colour and get a few more done. And I'm working on another little bit of merch as well, which hopefully I'll get sorted over the next couple of weeks. Obviously not next week, though, because I'm in Lanzarote. Uh, but when I get back, yeah, 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 it's going to be exciting, actually. I'm really looking forward to it. Anyway, sorry. I digress, That's but I was okay. so excited. Well, I just really wanted to show you that because it's so exciting. So, um, this week, um, yes. what film are we looking at? Okay. As everybody knows, I really like the kind of, the the more ooky spooky, slightly more macabre, the darker side of Disney, that kind of thing. Um, and this is a film about um, a festival set in that festival um that i just love because it's just it's got uh, a lovely kind of story about it but also it's beautiful it's uh coco and the festival of fear day of the dead oh i love coco i know see coco weirdly is one that considering how much i love the whole aesthetic of it and and the kind of the thought processes behind it um it's one i haven't actually watched that many times (laughs) mainly because it only came out in 2017 and, you know, yeah. we've all lost three years of our life as of kind of 2019, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, but it is gorgeous. Um, it's a beautiful, beautiful film. Basically, uh, our initial facts that we always love, it was released, um, as I say, in 2017. Uh, it was released um, universally on the 22nd of November. However, it was released originally at a Mexican film festival on October the 20th that year. So it was uh, to coincide with the uh, the week before Day of the Dead Festival in Mexico. Um, so, good timing for that, guys. Well done. the same time that I went to Disneyland for the first time uh, during Halloween. So, really? Um, yeah. So, Did, so I guess um, they had a shit ton of, of cocoa stuff going on then. Yes. So, they had, like, so much. And obviously, we'll put the pictures because they still use those mm. decorations now. So Frontierland basically becomes Coco Land. It's like there, everything is just adorned in um, their sugar skulls and their dead. Yeah. dead um, do they and have, they have a... Do they have um, actors dressed up as the characters wandering around, or is it just kind of like the decor? So 
the first year they don't it was really weird because the first year the year i went it was the 25th anniversary still and yeah. um the they didn't have the main Halloween parade. So they had like a mini parade and they also mm. had another parade at Frontierland, which they never do ever. But this parade um, was like a goofy parade. And like he was like dressed up in a skeleton outfit and like a top hat. And then they had um, all of the other people in the parade were all Coco themed. Oh. And, so, so like, were they all kind of decorated up in sugar skulls and stuff? Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I mean, I that was quite cool. Stunning. The amount of um, Halloween things I've been to, which my face paints up like a sugar skull. I mean, it's my go-to. Yeah, yeah, it's lovely. It's, um, and it's, it's currently on our bed. We have we have a sugar skull bed. Oh, um, I love bed that. Cupboard. Yeah, it's so nice. I've got all that shit. And in fact, my lounge up until God, only the beginning of this year actually, and I've been here what eight years now. Um, I decorated that with uh, one wall with just beautiful wallpaper. Um, which was, and this is very representative of me, black. Do you remember it, babe? Black with yeah. big gold sugar skulls on it. Oh, my God. I love that wallpaper. Stunning. But anyway, we've, we've moved on. We have a different look now, different aesthetic. But, yeah, it's beautiful. Um, that's one of the things I love about that whole festival is, um, I mean, just because my wallpaper is black and gold, normally bright colours, lots and lots of yeah, bright yeah. colours and jewels and gems, and it's just such a celebration. As opposed to kind of, you know, when we as Brits mourn, it tends to be very, well, we all wear black. It's yeah, all a bit yeah. depressing, really, isn't it? And it's, whereas in Mexico, it's a real celebration of, you know, the ones that they've lost and that they've loved. And it's almost like they don't, they haven't passed on to the point where they can't contact them. It's almost like it's like they yeah. contact, they are there with them. And I think that's what's really mm. important. Yeah, it is. I just wrote down a little bit about it, and I was just um, saying Day of the Dead, or Dia de los Muertos. Um, it's traditionally celebrated on November the 1st or 2nd. It originated in Mexico as a holiday of joyful celebration, rather than a mourning, with people coming together to pay respects and remember their lost loved ones. And they build, which is shown quite a few times in Coco, these beautiful um, home altars. Um, and they are basically put photos of their loved ones on them and then they put like their their loved one's favorite food and drink um as like offerings to them um because they're off over in the land of the dead having a wonderful time and a party um and they put up these beautiful sugar skulls which are made of sugar they're not edible because they're solid you break your teeth um but yeah these beautiful sugar skulls um that kind of just there all these gifts for everyone like it's it's such a beautiful celebration of their lost of their um loved ones as opposed to being you know sad sad um so the film was uh made for oh it's got 97 percent on rotten tomatoes i fucking love that uh it was made for 175 to 225 million um and yeah. it actually made at the box office 807.8 million so mega hit for disney which was mega love. mega hit I love that it's kind of, it just seems to be going up and up and up, doesn't it, for them? I'm just like they've got it back. I'm probably going to, like, you're probably going to, like, scream at me. Okay. In my head, I haven't got, because I didn't research it. The, is it Pixar or is it normal Disney? Coco, it's Disney Pixar. Is, I, mm. I have, like classic or is it a pixar yeah, yeah, yeah. i knew it was yeah i doubted myself the other day when i watched it I was like 
is this a Disney classic? But it, okay, it's a Pixar. That's fine. Exactly, but then I feel, I do feel like they're starting to blend in more and more now. Like, you used to be able to really pick out yeah. Pixar, the Pixar films, because the, the style of animation was a bit different. Um, and for example, like, I didn't realise that Onward was Disney Pixar. Yeah. That was I knew, Disney. Yeah, I knew that was, I knew that was Pixar. Yeah. So it's, um, oh. yeah, they are kind of blending, but I mean, to me, it's, it's Disney. Disney and Pixar are, are as one now, really, aren't they? Yeah. Um, it was, um, I'm going to mispronounce so many names in this episode, so I'm so sorry in advance. Directed by Lee Unkrich, um, and he was the co-director on Toy Story 2, Monsters, Inc., and Finding Nemo, and he was the director of Toy Story 3. So he was the director of the most traumatic Toy Story. Yeah. Uh, and he also co-wrote Coco, which I love, so it really is kind of a passion project for him. Um, he actually pitched the idea in 2010. So it then had the longest active development of a Disney Pixar movie, considering he pitched that 2010, apparently went into active development in 2011, and then didn't come out for another six years. So that's, that's huge. It's quite long. That is also quite long for like that period as well. Like Usually things are sort of turning out quite quickly mm. at that point. No, I know. I know. It's a funny one, isn't it? But I mean, I love it. And you can tell that it's, I mean, it's got so much in it. You know, when I've got, I've got the most massive list of um, Easter eggs and stuff like that as well. Um, really? for, um, for this movie which is yeah so I think they really did kind of go to town on it um, one thing that I do kind of struggle with a little bit is the soundtrack which is kind really? of funny, is it yeah why oh, because some of it is really good like Remember Me I fucking love I think it's a beautiful song mm-hmm. um, and that is obviously the theme that's played the most in various different guises throughout the film um but i feel it's almost like the other songs in it aren't as memorable and the other music isn't as memorable it's all a bit kind of backgroundy to me in my humble opinion what's the other song that miguel miguel sings um shall we have a look i'm having a look yeah unpoco loco yeah yeah Um, I love that song. Yeah. (laughs) I I don't know. I think. I think just as a score, a score as itself. I think um, it's It's very pretty. Yeah. Yeah. It's very themed. It's very pretty, but nothing jumps out at me apart from "Remember Me." Whereas you listen to um, other soundtracks off that ilk, for example, Encanto, which there is a link which we'll talk about later um, between the two, and literally every song on that is a banger. But then you've got you've got to remember though that Pixar um, purposely stepped stepped away from the Disney musical, so yeah, the soundtrack music is important, but mm-hmm. not songs. It actually, for a Pixar film, it's very unique to yeah. have this amount of songs in a soundtrack. Um, yeah, yeah, true. So yeah, true. That, that, I mean, yeah. they, they purposely, when creating Toy Story, wanted to step away from the Disney musical. So, mm. um, wow. I mean, that ethos is still sort of quite there, really. Yeah. No, no, I get that. I just, I think I just wanted more, I don't know, 
it's such a celebration, the entire thing. I wanted more stuff to sing along to, basically. That's my thing. Um, little bit of controversy linked to it. A couple of controversial bits linked to it, actually. So the title Coco wasn't the original title. It was the original kind of like resting title kind of thing. So basically, when films go into production, they're given a little title, but it's not necessarily going to be the actual mm. name of the film at the end of it. So... In 2013, Disney tried to trademark the phrase Dia de los Muertos for use in merchandise, which, again, as we've said so many times before, Disney are getting so much better now. However, they've made some mega clangers, and I mean, stuff like that is just, dear God, they got this huge backlash, obviously, and justifiably so, um, from the Mexican-American community in America. And actually a Mexican-American artist called, and again, I'm so sorry, it's going to be so offensive, I'm sure, if I mispronounce it, but I'm thinking it's either Lalo or Lelo um, Alcaraz. Uh, and I've got a copy of this, so I'll pop this up on Instagram. Um, drew a film poster of a huge skeletal Mickey Mouse with the tagline, it's coming to trademark your cultura. Um, which I think is absolutely brilliant. Um, and it's yeah. really scary, the picture. And it's been it's been done a couple of times now by different artists. So I'll put them... There's a couple of different ones um, that I'll put up. Um, I'm trying to find... Quite... Oh, I can... I'll send it to you in a minute, babe. Um, basically, more than 21,000 people signed a petition on change.org um, stating the, the, the uh, trademark was cultural appropriation and exploitation at its worst. So a week later, Disney cancelled the attempt. And at that point, Coco went back to being called Coco, which is lovely and which is what it should be called, actually. Um, However, that links me to the other little bit of controversy, uh, which was that the character Mama Coco was actually based on, and again, I'm sorry in advance, um, based on a lady called Maria de la Salud Ramirez Caballero. Um, Okay. So basically, they found they found this old lady, and she was the inspiration for Mama Coco. And I've got pictures of her as well, and they really have basically just drawn her as a cartoon character. It really is her. Um, and basically, she really? zero from Disney. Um, I know, so no royalties or anything, and yet she'd still have people coming up to her saying, oh, my God, you're Mama Coco. And she'd be like, no, I'm not. I'm Maria de la Salud Ramirez. Caballero, which is an amazing name. Um, and actually, she only died um, a couple of weeks ago. Um, yes, I... the 16th, yeah. Yes, I do remember seeing this. I do remember seeing mm. this. It came up, like, God. you know when the, you, get, you get those stupid, like, yeah. news things on your phone? It came up, it came up like that on I my phone. Stupid news things. I find out all my shit from them. Um, she was 109 years old. Jesus Christ. I mean, that's, that's bonkers. bonkers. That's going to be twice what I'm going to live to in my lifestyle. Um, so, yeah, she's... Um, but what a fabulous woman. And to get to 109 is just absolutely bonkers. Um, but, yeah, I'll get those pictures up too because, um, yeah, I saved a couple because I was actually kind of taken aback by... Yeah. Similar they are. Absolutely bonkers. Um, going through the cast, as we like to do, um, mm. there's only a couple of people that I'll talk about because, basically... I love it because they have got in, you know, people of the the right heritage to play the characters. Shock. They'd learning by this point, which was great. But because of that, there's not a lot of mainstream t- um, stuff to report back on. However, 
couple of cute little stories. We've got um, Anthony Gonzalez, who plays Miguel. Um, so he was, oh God, what was he when he was recording? He was about 11 years old when he was recording. And originally he was just brought in um, to do a scratch vocal recording and um, for a okay. temporary audio track for Coco. So basically it was just to see how it played out with the animation and the screenplay was playing out. They just needed basically a stand-in actor to say the lines. Um, but they loved him and they kept getting him back in um, the studio. And when they found out that he could sing as well, they basically just gave him the role. So I think that's Amazing. fantastic. I love that. So I guess they were looking for a bigger name, whatever. But actually got him off his own merit, which I think is fantastic. Um, that's cool. Gail Garcia Bernal. I probably pronounced that horrifically. I'm sorry. Um, who plays Hector or Hector. Um, he is, although like I say, they're all of them you know, the actual correct heritage for this film. Um, he's the only actor um, who reprised his role in the Spanish dub of the movie. Oh, really? Yeah, which is, Surprise. I think, a shame. Yeah, I know. Um, nice little link here, though. Uh, and also to Benjamin Bratt, who plays Ernesto. They have both been in the MCU, which I like. So when I looked through all the That's actors cool. and any more links to Disney, as I like to do, not a lot going on. And then I spied these two little links, which is quite cute. They're in different things. So basically, Benjamin Bratt plays Jonathan Pangborn in Doctor Strange. Um, and, right. and I haven't seen this, and I'm well up for watching it. So I might watch it maybe on the flight tomorrow to uh, Nazarote. Um, is Gail Garcia Bernal um, plays Jack Russell in Werewolf by Night. Have you seen it? I haven't, no. Really want is to see that. It's, it? Hey. Have you seen it? Have you seen no, it? No, I haven't yet? seen it yet. But it's it's less than an hour. It's a one off special and it is and it is um canon to the MCU. So I'm actually well uh, up for watching it. Uh, yeah, no, I'm I, guessing it popped that, up. that oh, I'm guessing And I was like, Yeah, okay. I think I might do. It popped up and I think I'm, I'm I, yeah. I, I might do because I've watched everything else, so I mean it's on my list. Put it that way. Oh, oh, also today I saw the news that they're going to do potentially, it's been rumoured and loads and loads and loads, and so now they're taking it as the rumours are actually true because it's come from such specific sources that they are doing a uh, sequel to WandaVision. Did you watch WandaVision? Yes, so um, apparently they're doing it's like a, it's vision basically. Yeah. Like his so story. Vision quest afterwards. And it's following White, and it's following White Vision, who, thank God, because that was such a weird little story ending to him. So I know everyone's like, oh, yeah, he's dead, he's dead, you know, he's gone to commit suicide, like he's blown himself yeah. up, and all of a it's like, no, 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 I think he's still alive. There's no way that MCU would do that mm. and not no. finish it off. God, no. Um, um, but they see, have you noticed they seem to be doing this now where they're, um, they're picking up threads like years later? Yeah. The amount of stuff that it's like, well, that never led to anything, and then suddenly about five years later, you're like, hang about. Did you also um, yeah, see that they released the Agatha cast as well? So the, uh, they've released no. the cast for Agatha. Um, the um, TV I've series. seen that um, Emma Caulfield, who was in Buffy, is in it again. So she was in WandaVision. I've seen that, but that's the only person I've seen. So I'm just trying to put it up now because what's his face from Dharma is um, in it. Evan um, Peters. Oh, they've got him back. Yeah. Um, Ooh, so maybe we're going to have a bit of a wonderverse then. I think I think we I, th I think it's going to include some of what we've already seen, but also 
I just feel like there's gonna this is gonna be starting to make some of these these links to X Men. I hope. I really oh, I hope. hope so as well. I also hope because... so. If um, if Evan Peters is in it, I hope they're not gonna do that fucking weird um, Ralph Boner thing. Are they actually gonna make him a legit <laughs> character now? Because that was so, just... what was what was quite interesting about um, the cast reveal was. That so sorry for obviously Catherine Hahn as Agatha. Yes. Um. Oh, they've released so much more. Where is everyone? As well that Peter Cameron um were involved in the series. Uh, there's it's basically they did um something on Facebook where they were like they just released a picture and it was like every cast member. Hang on a second. Yeah. I need to find it. Um. Oh, I love this. Yeah, here, it here it is, here it is. So, obviously, Catherine Hahn as Agatha, yeah. Emma Clifford yeah. Ford as Sarah Proctor, um, Ellen Peters as Ralph Boner, mm. but take it out what we will. Randall Park yeah. has come back as Jimmy Woo, Jimmy Woo who was the, um, the, oh god, I can't remember the, the, the people's name. Um, so, like, the, uh, it's not, is it Shield? Is he part of Shield? Can't remember. Anyway. Yeah, um, we know. We get it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, yeah. Chloe Moretz as Abigail Harkness. Okay. Um, Jeffrey Dean Morgan as Mephisto. Oh. So, yeah. Finally. Um, oh, my God. Do you watch New Rockstars um, on YouTube, yeah. any of the breakdowns? No. Basically. All the way through. So there's this guy, Eric Voss, who's fantastic. He speaks incredibly quickly, even more quickly than I do. So that's like, oh, I understand him. I get it. Um, anyway, he's he was breaking down all the episodes of um, WandaVision. And each episode, he was like, this has got to be linked to Mephisto. Like, every single one. Again, this is that whole picking up threads years later. So I fucking yeah, love yeah. that. Well, this is, this is the other thing. Because so, I remember when I did like a bit of a deep dive into... Um, deep dive? Of Agatha. Um, so... The Jimmy Smith, who plays, who's in Rogue One, um, the original, the sorry, the prequel trilogy, Star Wars, um, and currently in will uh, will be in um, Andor, mm. um, who plays um, oh, and um, Alderaan, um, oh my God, what have you got? It's Leia's father, um, Bell Organa, that's yeah, it. Yeah, Bell Organa, yeah. He is playing Nicholas Scratch. And Nicholas Scratch is the is Agatha's the, the husband. Yeah, the rabbit. The hu- so oh. it's hu- in the in the uh, in the comic, Nicholas Scratch is her husband. Um. So oh, I'm God, like, oh. So basically, obviously, the rabbit is her husband in rabbit form in some way. Yeah. Um. And Elizabeth Olsen obviously is doing a cameo. Um, yeah. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Because, yeah, they so, haven't ruled out Elizabeth Olsen appearing in um, Vision Quest as well, which she kind of has to, really. Sure she does, yeah. Yeah, she sort of does. So, yeah, that's exciting. Because I, I, I think out of all of the series, I think it's the Agatha series that I'm actually probably most excited for. Because I think when she they revealed her character in in um, WandaVision, I was like, oh, my yeah. God, this is cool. Um, and just did, like, a massive deep dive and found, like, so much about, like, how... It, mm. Like in the comics, there's like a big connection to X Men and all of this stuff, and I was like, okay, I think we could be heading down that route, um, which is quite exciting. Um, 
But yeah, have definitely. You, have have you, you watched? Uh, oh my god, it's so exciting! Like so exciting. Have you watched um, She Hulk? No, I haven't. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, it's brilliant. Yeah. But they had little teeny tiny Easter eggs for X Men, kind of dotted Ooh. throughout it. So they're obviously really doing this kind of like, don't study with the race, get them in there. Yeah. They will be there. It's going to happen. But they've got to do it right um, as well because it's not been done right before. And um, Quantumania, the trailer for Quantumania has come out, hasn't it? And um, the Ant-Man and the Wasp, um, Quantumania, and yes. one of the characters is, I cannot remember the character's name, from Loki, it was at the end, the evil version of him, the big um, scary man. Oh, well, Kang. Yes. Kang the Conqueror. So, yeah, so he's going to yeah. be in Quantumania. So he's there basically the new, the new um, big bad, isn't he? He is. Basically, it's great. Anyway, we digress. Oh. Yeah, we do digress. Uh, <laughs> yeah, standard. Uh, yeah, yeah, two people I was going to mention, to do with the cast of Coco, is Cheech Marin is in it again from Cheech and Chong as the corrections officer. Amazing. It blows my mind whenever they feature Cheech and Chong, but hey, we'll go with it. Um, and of course, we've got lovely John Ratzenberger in here. Yeah. Um, as Juan Autodonica, uh, whose dentist puts his picture up on an offerender, which is the little um, altar that they put yeah. all of the offerings on, which I thought was lovely because, you know, he he, um, he died that year. Yes. Which is really, really oh. sad. So uh, moving in swiftly to my Easter eggs, uh, right at the end of the film, um, it ends with a digital offerender um, remembering people who are connected to Pixar uh, who've passed okay. away. Yeah, oh. so it's actually got a little picture of um, former studio CEO Steve Jobs um, on there. Yes. Oh, and it wasn't John Ratzenberry who passed away. What am I talking about? It was Don Pickles, bloody Mr. Potato Head, wasn't it? Not Ham. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. It was John Rickles. I allow mistakes. <laughs> it was like, oh, I just killed off someone. Sorry. Um, I was like, I had, it was like, I'm pretty sure he's not dead, but I'm going to go with it. Yeah, no, it's John Pickles that died that year. That's still, I'll segue <laughs> okay. in, that's fine. Yeah, so basically John Rickles, um, who was Mr. Potterhead, uh, there's a little picture of him on there as well, which I think is a really lovely little kind of yeah. thing to do for them. Um, Easter egg-wise, as I say, there are quite a few, which was exciting. Of course, we have got the Pizza Planet van. Standard mm-hmm. with every single Pixar movie. It drives past when Miguel looks out of the window early on in the movie. Um, it's quick as well. It's proper speedy. So I've managed to get a picture of it, but it's like really blurry. So I'll see if I can get a better one of that. Um, you know, the spirit animals that are featured yes. throughout, which, oh my God, how the hell am I going to pronounce this? Why didn't I look this one up? Alebrijes, I'm guessing, is how it's pronounced. Again, apologies. Um, Miguel passes a table of little figurines of these, and one of them is Nemo. Yes. Which is really cute, I thought. Yeah. Um, also, uh, Miguel and Hector, when they're on the way to the talent show and they go to the streets, they pass a poster of The Incredibles. Um, oh, no, I didn't that one. I just gave these, because I know quite a few of these Easter eggs, but you keep going. And All right. And if you miss oh, the one that I right. really know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God, definitely. Um, so basically, that's the Incredibles, but they're done in kind of skeleton form, like David Dead form. So I love that. That's fantastic. Um, fun one that kind of links up is this whole kind of link with um, Toy Story and The Shining. 
where we've had I, um like the carpet in Sid's room in the Toy yeah. Story was um the same carpet as the Overlook Hotel in um, yes. Toy Story. The same thing goes here. We've got the ghost of Frida Kahlo, and she has got a painting of the creepy twins from The Shining. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, so that's in there. Again, that's another really, really quick one. Um, which also links me to, we have um, a skeleton version of Sid performing at the talent show. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yes. he is that other character that just keeps popping up. As we've seen, he was in, um, it's insinuated that he's in Monsters, Inc., and he's in um, Toy Story in, 3. Yeah, Toy Story 3 but, when he's kind of like a bin man. And now we've got him, now we've got him dead in Coco. <laughs> um, so obviously does not fit in with timings and years at all no. from when this is set. But yeah, who cares? It's great. I love it. Um, he might have done after Toy Story 3. You know, like he might have got caught in the garbage van. That's dark. But anyway. <laughs> but in Co- But when's Coco? Like what? When is that? Do you reckon? Do you reckon he's told that early on? They killed him off yeah. when he was like a a young man. Probably. Um, <laughs> he deserves it. Um, we also get to see really again blink and you miss it. Um, pinatas of Toy Story <gasps> and Monsters Inc. characters hanging yes. in the street, which I fucking yeah. love. I've managed to get a teeny tiny video of that and a teeny tiny blurry picture of that. Say. Oh, was it? I love it. Yeah. It's so cute, don't they? You've got um, yeah. Woody Buzz, I think, Sally's there, and Mike. But yeah. yeah. Super cute. I, um, I that it. number that keeps coming back up, A113. Yeah. Which, of course, was the number of the classroom used by uh, Pixar staff in the California Institute of Arts. Um, and they like to stick that into their movies. And that's actually the number on the door of the Bureau of Family Grievances Office in the Land of the Dead. Yes. So again, it's just in the background, very discreet, but it's the because it's um, the only thing. Only time it didn't appear, we said was Monsters Inc. And it, but it, it's it's assumed that it's there somewhere. Um, it's going to be there. Yeah, it has to be there because I kind of love that they put this into everything. You know. Um, the other one that I've got is kind of a it's an Easter egg, but not really for. For this movie, but actually for Encanto, and we kind of mentioned it in the Encanto episode, but um, we've got a young Mama Coco, uh, who is one of the guests uh, who comes to see Antonio receive his powers. Ah, that's cute. And I've never, because I, when I read that when I was, we were doing the um, Encanto episode, I was like, yeah, is it really? Is it? And you kind of think, or is it just like, you know, a Mexican lady? Um, going around there, but actually the way they dressed her and the way they've kind of got her now having rewatched Coco, I'm like, yeah, I get it. That definitely is a link there, which is kind of lovely, really. Cause, yeah. You know, it's good to link these things together, isn't it? It's, it is. It is. Um, it is. It's the same. So, yeah, they're pretty, mm-hmm. they're, they are all of the Easter eggs that I know because I, th- I went through a stage. I, yeah. I started my Easter egg sort of obsession when this film came out is because of um, the Woody and Buzz pinatas. Because I remember seeing that when I saw it. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, there's a million Buzz. Um, and then it, it school like birthed like this. Oh, there's more than this. Oh, there's one here. There's one there. And then, yeah. So. Um, well, that was your first Easter egg you ever, you ever noticed. Well, it wasn't my first Easter egg, but it was like the first one that made me sort of go, oh, I need to find as many as I possibly can. Because, um, yeah, it was just cool. Yeah. No, I love that. I think that's great because I can't even think about the first one I noticed because I think for me it's always been a 
there. I'm just not. I do you know what? I just don't even notice when I'm watching it. It's hardly ever that I notice an Easter egg. I have to go look them up and then rewatch the film and find the Easter egg. So, so I love that. I had this chat with with Martin because Martin's mum bought me a hidden Mickey sort of Disney Parks book, mm. uh, which is quite cool. Um, and I said to Martin, said, I I got to be honest. I find I spend my life finding hidden Mickeys. Like I looked at like you yeah. stood in my kitchen and above the kitchen door is uh, we've got like a little garland of different like lanterns and cool little fan things. Yeah. Um, and um I said, Look, there's a hidden Mickey there above our kitchen door. It's like like a lantern with two little lanterns on the top. I was like he's like that's a bit obsessive. It's not uh, a hidden Mickey. I it is. Think it is it is a hidden Mickey. It's just so hidden that it's kind of not yeah, so I usually oh, I find them really everywhere. Um, um, but, but yes, I love I love this film so much. It's it just gives me the warm feels. Um, I loved watching it, rewatching it this week. Um, yeah, in fact, I watched it twice. Um, oh, I love it so much. Cool. It just yeah, and it makes me cry at the end when he's yeah. finally able. To visit his daughter, like well, visit his family. Um, now that his daughter has died, um, yeah. but I just love it. It's just fab. Um, so and I've got ba- a thing, though. Yeah. After rewatching it, that I never clicked before. <laughs> okay. So. Yes. Land of the Dead. You mm-hmm. kind of look at them all, and you never see them. They're not all incredibly old. Okay. Yes. This is the thing. Have you noticed that when you watch it? Everyone's kind of yeah. young. So to me, it was well, like, oh, okay. So does that mean that you're then... There are a couple like of side characters that you see looking a bit old, but generally speaking, the characters that are the skeletons in it are in the prime of their lives. Yeah, so I yeah. think... I, so it's a, to me, it was mixture. like... Yeah. It's, trust me, I've looked. I've really looked into this because I was like, I don't get it. Because does that mean that they go into the land of the dead and they are then presenting as they were in their prime, which is what I kind of thought it was up until you get to the end when finally we get into that little epilogue and it's a year later and Mama Coco has died and you see her with Hector and Imelda being, um, you know, reunited and she's incredibly old as a skeleton. So I think you sort of have to sort of take it as it is because I think when you sort of look at it, you sort of go, actually, there is a mixture of age. Yes, there's a lot of young, but, you know, I'm going to sound a bit dark here, but can't imagine the life expectancy in Mexico sort of 50 years ago to be quite high. To be that good. I sound awful to say that I'm probably going to be completely cancelled for that one. But, you know, I think... There is going to be a mixture of ages. I I think um, it's as a country that, you know, it has um, it has had some really awful periods of of history. So, yeah, but I I do I do I do get what you mean, because the ending feels quite. um, And Martin feels the same about this. It feels quite. uh, Jarring with her at that age and Mm. you sort of go you know they're holding she's holding their mum and dad's hands but she's Mm. older than them it's very jarring i find yeah um yeah 
But yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, that's my theory. I'm yeah. probably completely wrong. But I do get what you mean. I do understand what you mean. Yeah, um, it just felt a little bit mismatched at the end for me, just that bit. Because right. it was almost like I'd rather see her in the prime of her life, meeting her parents in the prime of their life. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Rather than uh, thinking, oh, so she's now just going to be an old skeleton hobbling around for the rest of the time. I do get that. I do get that. I do get I that. I wanted it to be a little bit happier. I mean, it was lovely they were all kind of reunited and... and and it is a beautiful, beautiful film. Um, that's all I got for you on Coco right, today. Well, but actually, my my big kind of my yeah. big thing, and the reason why I started to talk about why I love it is because yeah, I don't know. I just I just find that um that this whole conflict in this film about yeah tradition and um the importance of family, but allowing your children to um, take that step and yeah. be who they want to be. That conflict in this film is, you know, something that speaks true to me, to yeah, many absolutely. people. Um, but it is something that, you know, he, I, I went to see a play this week mm. um, called um, My Sons Are Queer, But What Can You Do? Mm-hmm. Um, and it was conceived by um, an actor called um, Rob Madge, um, and they they have um, been um, working within the industry for a, a number of years, and um, but came into um, sort of the forefront of people's um, consciousness in lockdown. Um, because of TikTok. Um, now they had, uh, lots of TikTok, and you probably have watched at least one of their videos. Okay. Um, and these videos basically are him, their, their, them and their family going back in some old videos of uh, their childhood. Um, mm-hmm. and in particular, when they put shows on in their living room. Um, and this show is basically all about um, that sort of conflict about, um, you know, wanting to be who you want to be and yeah. members of your family allowing that and some members sort of and, and other people within our um, society putting those constraints on you. Um, and it's, it's like a celebration of just that if you allow someone to be who they want to be, then what magic could happen? And, and I, 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 it was just so funny that we, I watched Coco actually the same day and then yeah. saw this and was just like, oh my God, it's, like, yeah. it's so, the times are so incredible and What's also really important with Rob Madge is they are Disney obsessed, and oh. the whole premise of the show is that when they were they were younger, they put on a um, a Disneyland parade in their house, and um, it ended up that it was a complete disaster. And the premise of the show is that they get the chance to put the Disneyland parade on again in their living room, and um, they're now going to make it the best thing ever. Um, oh my god, that sounds and, gorgeous! 
It's so good. It's so good. I I really recommend following them on TikTok and on Instagram because it just brought me so much entertainment during lockdown. But also there was like so many parallels to my childhood. And um, I, so my cousin Kim and I used to put shows on in our living room, in uh, my nan's living room all the time and it was always like a big part of any family gathering and it was yeah we we'd dress up um sing songs and um but I was always that one that was in control I was the old child bossy whatever um (laughs) assertive um and would always write the script and make sure I had a rehearsal schedule and all of this kind of thing (laughs) And um, it was just, it just, the play has just come at the right time for me because I was just sort of like, actually, and watching Coco again, because I was just, you know, my family has had a big sort of um, change this year. We lost my nan Mm. back in June and she was like the matriarch of our family. And what with um, Rob Madge, their nan was um, someone who always understood who they were yes same oh my god same and always encouraged who they were and there was the same with my nan um and you know she she always played the witch or the evil fairy or you know (laughs) every single play that we put on and um she was always there helping with costumes and and it was it was the thing that I, for me, and that whole connecting with Coco and that sort mm. of the, the character, um, the main, the character of Coco herself, yeah. um, just being sort of that that matriarchal sort of kind of kind of construct in the family, that has so many parallels with us. And I just that there's there was a moment in the play when <clears throat> he talked about. Uh, they talked about the fact that the um the his their nan ended yeah. up sort of making costumes for them and um yeah. making everything that making the yellow bell dress that they wanted and yeah don't know my my nan bless her was the first person to recognize that I wanted to be on stage yeah before me, before anyone else, before my parents. Um, I remember watching my cousin's dance show when she was three and she was doing Sleeping Beauty. Um, And I remember sitting in this, it was a professional theatre up in Telford. um, And I remember sitting, I'd got, I wanted to get as close to the stage as I possibly could. Like, I didn't want to be sat in the seat. I remember sitting on the stairs and edging forward ever so slightly. I was about six or seven, and oh. I remember my nan always saying, you know, you, she could see, I remember her saying then, that's what you want to do. And she, for years, always said, I knew then that you wanted to be on stage. And it was, you know, when I came out to her, she was like, well, okay, when am I meeting Martin? What's, what are oh. we doing? Was that and when she you was, came out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, her, to my extended family, yeah. Um, but she, yeah, she 
she was just I mean she knew before I did let's be honest um but yeah it just the parallels between Coco um my sons are queer and sort of my it's just been a it's just been like a nice week of just um Mm. celebrating those connections and celebrating everything that was really positive about my upbringing does that make sense yeah, yeah that's I've gorgeous ages but yeah i just wanted to sort of share that because oh, thank you. it wasn't oh, that's amazing grummy. it was an amazing experience and anyone who gets a chance to see my son's queer and um, but what can you do is on for one more week i can't imagine that this is going to be the end of it i think we will see this show come back again um so, I mean, we, we're seeing we're seeing kind of queer theatre in a more um, mainstream manner now, anyway, across the board. Like with um, there's something like Jamie and things like that, and obviously with Drag Race yeah. and everything floating around the place. So there is kind of hope for for these other things. But I'd love to watch it. I think it sounds great. I'm actually just looking at it right now. I just yeah, um, I, I I yeah, I cried like a baby. I do at these things, but it just there's just so many quite deep rooted connections there that you just can't I couldn't ignore. And I just thought having watched Coco at the same time, it was like actually this is a boy who has these constraints put on him, but thrives when they were taken away. And I it yeah just, those parallels yeah um yes I really do um. The only other thing that I wanted to celebrate and kind of acknowledge a little bit um, is what's fucking gone on with um, the social media. I know. Oh, my God. Holy fuck, Tom. So, just for everybody who is listening, it's going to be, again, a shock. We aren't professionals at this. Um, And because of how incredibly aged I am, I did not grow up with technology and stuff like that. This is something that I've kind of got later on. And and social media especially is kind of a bit over the top. For me, whenever I've posted social media on my own Instagram account, it's just been because I've been doing a nice thing or I've been feeling happy that day or whatever. And you want to share it. Doing it for the podcast has been bonkers because I haven't had a clue what I'm fucking doing. Um, so I started making these little reels of just um, teeny tiny funny clips from the films that we've um, that we've been covering, or um, little Easter eggs from it and stuff like that. And they've kind of gone a bit bonkers. We've had kind of several hundred more followers on our Instagram, which is amazing. So for everyone who's not following it, Disney underscore Nerd underscore Podcast. Um, and a couple of these posts that I've done have gone a bit viral. So I've looked up what going viral means, and I feel like they kind of have. So I'm down with that. Um, it's bonkers. It was. Yeah. It was. What day was it? When you messaged me on was it Wednesday or something? Or maybe yeah, it was Wednesday morning. You messaged me and mm-hmm. said, "Oh my god, I hadn't even looked at my phone at that point." Yeah. And it was I looked at my Instagram app, and it said. 999 plus notifications. I was like, what the hell? Like, what? So, just because I've got it open right now, just to say, so at this given moment, we have had on these two posts that have gone bonkers. So, we've got a lot more views 
on a lot of the other reels now, which is great. So if, I think off the back of these two posts, it's kind of got a little bit more traffic, <laughs> a little bit more <laughs> traffic. Um, so uh, the first one has got uh, 178,000 streams. Um, and that's got the, whap- the the whammy one because that's got 16,000 likes on oh, it. Hey. Um, and the other one's got more streams but less likes. It's had 194,000 streams and 2,227 likes. So, guys, thank you so much uh, it's for amazing. and streaming and supporting and everything because that really so the beginning mind. of the week, we had something like 320 followers and it's like mm. almost 628 now. Yeah. Almost doubled it. And that's amazing. And I think I'm going to say, because I, I also have something social media that's literally, mm-hmm. literally just happened as mm-hmm. as we're recording, um, that basically, um, my, if you if you have discovered the podcast through social media, just drop us a line, I think, mm-hmm. is what's really important. You know, because what we need to know is, like, we're getting all these likes, but are you listening to the podcast? That's the most important thing. So if yeah. you discover us through social media, please just drop us a line. Let us just, know. Shout us, yeah. Yeah, give us a review, whatever. It'd be amazing. So literally just as we've spoken, um, and this happened today at 12.36, we have been mm-hmm. sent a message, um, and it's from a guy called Neil. Um, mm-hmm. And he just said, I want to say, I love the podcast. I listen on a Sunday while doing housework. Thanks for bringing joy. Oh, I my thought- God. Absolutely amazing. Just love it. Thank you, Neil, for listening. Oh my god, that's fucking brilliant. That's someone neither of us know, babes. I know! <laughs> to me, that's like, we've arrived. We've arrived. We have arrived. Well, it that's has the happened. Because we do this podcast because we love doing this podcast, don't we? This mm. isn't, we're not trying to make money out of it. We're not trying to get big and famous or anything like that. We just really, really love doing it. We both really love Disney. Um, we both really love Star Wars, apparently. That happens in every yeah. episode. Um, um, and that's why we do it. And it's and it's that weird thing. Like I say, we don't know what we're doing. We're blagging it. Um, yeah. So that is the, the fucking loveliest message. I'm going to go and read it now. Yeah. I'm read it myself. It's just really... Me our... Are we following Neil back? We'll follow Neil back. We're following Neil back. I think I'm just I'm double-checking. We might do already. Um... But yeah, it's just great. It's just so lovely, and it's it's really empowering for us to um to to get to hear from people like Neil because you know I have got the biggest smile just, on my face right now. I know it's great. You're going on holiday. So cool. It's a positive thing. It's I great. Know. I know. It's awesome. Anyway, so thanks, Neil, and thanks so, everyone else for supporting us because it really does mean a huge amount. It really does. It really does. Whether, whether we know you personally or whether we don't know you personally, please keep and just drop us a drop us a review. Yeah, shout us. Let us know. Let's keep this momentum going. Keep this momentum yeah. going. Five star um, reviews, guys, because it changes yes. the algorithm and it means that more people will discover our our fun podcast. Um, so next, next week, week talk next to me. week it comes back week. to me. It's my go next week. So and um, another film that connects beautifully to Disneyland Paris. Um, so I am so excited because actually this is not something that really is my Disney, really. But um, <laughs> the thing I that I... Say it's more my Disney and then actually we all know what happened there. So go on. Yeah. 
Um, uh, my thing with this is because of the connection to Disneyland Paris. Yeah. Um, and of course, it's Sleeping Beauty. Um, Yay! I watched it yeah, this week, and I just love it. It's so lovely, and I've, I'm growing to love it more as an adult. I used to watch it a lot as a kid um, with my cousin, but yeah, I just think it's it's a fab film. It's a film about a woman who's pissed off because she didn't get invited to a party. I love it. FOMO. (laughs) NFI, darling, NFI. Yes, definitely, definitely. So, I can't wait to hear that. Very exciting. And we will see you all next week. Thank you very much. See you then. Bye. Bye. Bye, bye, bye. What films are you desperate for us to cover? Do you have any Disnerd facts you would like to impart with us? If so, email us at disnerdpod at gmail.com or you can follow us on Instagram at Disney underscore nerd underscore podcast and search for us on Facebook at We'll Make a Disnerd Out of You. And don't forget to hit subscribe and give us your five star ratings and reviews wherever you get your podcasts.